0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time again, The Marketing Geeks, with only Justin Womack, because Andre Sturgeon is still over at Burning Man, hopefully having a good time, hopefully staying safe, yeah right. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show today. I am your host, Justin Womack, and I am taking on solo duties today because Andre Sturgeon is out in the desert at Burning Man right now. Uh, Apparently, it's been pretty sandy over there. Visibility's been hard. From what I've read in the news, um, they were turning people away for hours, so I have not heard from him since he's been out there, Uh, but I imagine that he's having quite a good time, so I'm not too worried about the man. Anyway, we have a very special show to or I should say I have a very special show for you today. We are going to be talking about online sales funnels. Fun stuff, right? Uh, but before we get into that, I got a I got a break for just one second and I do have to give one non-spoiler movie review. Um, I did have a chance to go out and see The Happy Time Murders this past weekend. Uh The Happy Time Murders if you don't know is a puppet-based movie. Um that is like if you've ever seen Team America World Police, it was it's basically in the vein of Team America World Police where they they wanted to have gross out comedy, but not as smart and not nearly as good of a movie. So uh, I do not recommend it for anyone that really wants to see it unless you uh, really like gross out humor. And that's enough uh, for you to, to fulfill you on an entire two hour basis or hour and a half, however long it was. Uh, I do I do think the movie was pretty lacking in terms of plot, pretty lacking in terms of uh, of fun outside of the gross out humor. So, no, no, I'm not going to put my stamp of approval on it. Not that impressed. Uh, but today, as I was saying, we are going to get into some sales funnel stuff, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so, to get started, I wanted to, uh, have, to I have two critical questions that I like to ask before we begin here. And since this is a non-interactive podcast, it's only going one way to you. Uh, you'll just have to answer them in your own internal monologue. You'll have to deal with that. Question number one, though, is what value do you provide to the market? So, this is uh, when we're talking about this, we're talking about what value do you provide to your target market, your target market clients? And I'm going to elaborate on that a little bit more as we go forward. And question number two how will you intentionally and predictably transform your ice cold prospects into leads, sales, advocates, and promoters. So again, that's uh, how do you transform essentially cold traffic people? And when I say cold traffic, let me take a step back and define that. People that have never heard of you, um, they've never heard of your company, they may not even know that they have a problem and you're trying to, you're teaching them that they have a problem. So how do you convert those prospects into uh, leads or actual sales or and eventually into brand advocates and promoters for you? And that's what we're going to talk about today. So one of the concepts that I'm going to bring up here comes from the company Digital Marketer. Um, I am certified with several digital, digital marketers processes and I've attended a lot of their events. I've been out to the traffic and conversions. I was out there in 2018 at the traffic and conversions event in San Diego. Uh, and one of the things that they teach is this process of customer value optimization. And it ties into your sales funnels um, completely. And so I want to talk a little bit about this and about the process. Uh, but the the customer value optimization process is, is basically a roadmap. And it, it, one of its principal tenets is that all marketers and entrepreneurs are at various levels of stuck uh, while they're on this map or on this process. And there's, there's a lot that they have to learn. Um, So whether you are a beginner or whether you've been doing this for years and years and years and years, um, everybody's looking to get better at what they do. And everyone's looking to find um, an edge, especially an edge. And that's it's kind of our defining characteristic. So my primary purpose um, in teaching you this is to help you master the digital marketing side of this equation. So not, not necessarily the offline stuff, but the digital side. And this system that, um, that comes, again, this is, uh, basically comes from Digital Marketer and uh, several other marketing gurus who are teaching these basic concepts um, but the terminology that I'm using largely comes from Digital Marketer. And if you can go to digitalmarketer.com and find a lot of their um, resources, a so great company. This is the same system that companies like McDonald's use, uh, Sports Illustrated, Best Buy, Amazon, Starbucks. So a lot of these different companies are using these processes. And um, they're taking them out and building their customer bases with these. So when we talk about business, the number one thing that you can really focus on is building your revenue. Even if it's top-line revenue, um, that's okay. In, I think it's in Gary Vaynerchuk's Ask Gary V book, which was the one before this most recent one. He talks about how uh, top-line revenue is an undervalued asset for a company because, um, I mean, essentially, if you have, if you, if you have a super high top-line revenue, you can always, and you're growing that, you can always cut back on your expenses later on. But if you don't have the top line revenue and you just have smaller profits, then it's, it's not as uh, it's not as easy. Then you, then you're actually in need of more growth. So the idea is that, yeah, if you have a company with, with very high top line revenue, as long as it's a company, um, unlike MoviePass that is, uh, has very high top line revenue, but their expenses are like 10 times that, um, but you're in pretty good shape because you have you have flexibility when you have a lot of top line revenue, uh, unless you're movie pass. So there's really three main ways to increase your top line revenue for a business. Uh, number one is to go out there and get more customers. So that's uh, you can go door to door sales, you can go run Facebook traffic or Facebook ads, you can run Google AdWords campaigns, you can go networking, you can go on LinkedIn and acquire customers. So however you're going to find them, you want to acquire your customers, and there's always a cost associated with that. Number two would be to go get your current customers to spend more money with. And that usually looks like upsells or putting them into bigger, bigger packages, uh, things of that nature. And number three is to increase buying frequency. So if you potentially can have a subscription type of service, um, that's amazing. Um, If you have other means like that, it's, it's looking at ways of how can we get customers to become repeat customers more often. So depending on the model that your business is, um, some of these will be more relevant than others. And in order to achieve this is really there's seven steps on this customer value optimization journey. And I'm going to go through those now. We're not going to go into too much detail on them because we don't have time to go full into this thing, but I am going to name all seven of them. So number one is to determine the product and market fit for your, for your business. And this is a big one. It's overlooked a lot because um, in marketing, the customer pool that you're swimming in is the most important thing in marketing. I mean, it's even more important than your messaging. It's that if you are solving a problem for a specific target market and you are healing a pain point, you are curing a pain point, you're solving a problem, then um, customers are likely to come and buy from you and it's going to be successful. Um, If you have the best messaging in the world and you're swimming in the wrong pond and you're trying to market, um, for instance, I'm trying to think of like a ridiculous example. Uh, But let's say, um, you know, like uh, the movie, the 1969 movie Batman uh, with Adam West, you know, the Batman has his bat shark repellent. So if you uh were in if you're in the middle of the ocean and there's a bunch of sharks swimming around and you're in a helicopter and you come down and you're giving all these people swimming this bat shark repellent um and there's and the sharks threatening them around then yeah they're probably going to be willing to pay top dollar for it but if you take that same bat shark repellent and you go into the middle of the desert and there's a group of people that are having a Burning Man or something like that. We take this out to Burning Man. I don't know that that bag, shark repellent is going to be as relevant. Now maybe maybe the people out there they might you know they might have had uh, too many something of whatever they took, but um, so maybe they buy the shark repellent. But it's not quite the same as you're not solving an imminent problem like you are um, in my ocean example. And these are these are a little bit extreme, but again the idea is simple. If you if you have a hungry target market that really has a need, and wants your product or service, it's going to be so much easier than if you're having to swim uphill and try to try to solve this uh, or try to to bring a service to people that don't want it. So always look at the market. It's very important to do your research before starting a business. Um, can't emphasize that enough. So with this, uh, so here's some other points to make here, because business is pretty simple. So as a business owner, essentially our role is to move people um, from a before state to an after state. So if say, to say that again, in the before state, the customer is, um, they have a problem, right? They're either discontent, they're in pain, uh, maybe they're frightened, bored, they're unhappy uh, for whatever number of reasons. And we want to move them to an after state. And in the after state, life is better. They're free of pain, and they're entertained, and they're unafraid of what previously plagued them. So our goal, again, with step one here is to move people from that before state to the desired after state. So step two now is to choose a traffic source. And traffic sources can be things like Facebook ads, Google AdWords, search engine optimization can drive traffic, um, even our best friend in the world, LinkedIn, LinkedIn advertising is out there, or, or even organic LinkedIn. Uh, but I mean, it's either organic or paid. So, um, these are all traffic sources. Uh, and then we can go to more traditional media like television, you know, television can drive traffic, um, radio interviews, television interviews, uh, things, things of that nature, all the way to like text message marketing. I mean, traditional email marketing, um, push notification marketing, which works on your computer or on your phone. So any of that, and that's how we're driving traffic um, to our, uh, in this case, it's going to be a landing page, but how are we driving traffic to our landing page? And that leads into step three. So we have, um, so let's imagine that we're driving traffic now to a landing page and a landing page is just a one page website where we're going to be offering something to our um, pros- prospect, And so in step three, we're going to offer them a lead magnet. And if you don't know what a lead magnet is after listening to to the show, I'll give you a definition so you uh, you can take this to the bank with you. A lead magnet is an ethical bribe where you're offering a specific piece of value to a prospect in exchange for contact information. So usually you're offering this bribe in exchange for an email address or a first name in an email address. Generally, it's something of that nature. And there's a number of ways that this can be done. So uh, with a lead magnet, a couple of great ideas are to offer like free PDF reports. So that can be like the five secrets to internet marketing. Um, and you can be a little bit fun with the copywriting. So. Maybe you could do it in the away form. So the uh, five things to avoid with internet marketing so that you don't lose um, thousands of dollars like I did when I was getting started out. Something like that. That would be a little bit intriguing. You're going to hit on a curiosity point because you're saying... uh, these are five things that saved me. Um, and then you're also, you're also going to be driving, uh, driving interest and offering a benefit. Other ideas are free video training. So you could you could splinter out. If you had a big video training, you could splinter out one module, so like one video module, and you could give that away for free. And then you could use um, the rest of it as a back-end sale. Uh, if you have a, a SaaS, so like software as a service, or you have a, uh, you have a software to offer, you can offer a free trial or a free download. And uh, one thing that's a, a cool idea that some people don't even realize that they're being indoctrinated into a lead system is uh, a quizzes or survey. So sometimes you might go on the internet, you might find a quiz like the, <laughs> which animal spirit are you? And you might take this quiz. And at the end, it'll say in order to get your results, please enter your email address. And uh, by entering your email address, even though you took this quiz it's for the fun, it's for the fun of it. You've now entered yourself into a sales funnel and, uh, that may or may not work on you ultimately, but the point is that you've given your information out and the company that acquired your information, um, they might be selling it to other people or they might be using it into a system like this to uh, to sell you into uh, products or affiliate offers or things, of that, uh, things like that. So once you have the lead magnet, the next step in this uh, optimization system is to offer what's called what digital marketer calls a tripwire. Uh, I would also call this just like an entry level offer. So the entry level offer, and that's what we're just going to call an entry level offer. I think that's simpler. Um, it's, a, it's a low ticket offer. So it's usually like anywhere from a dollar to $10. I, I think I can get up to like anywhere up to probably $50. But the idea is that you are converting your prospects into low ticket buyers because the theory is that as soon as um, the hardest dollar to get from somebody is the first dollar. So the hardest money to ever get from a prospect is to get that first dollar. But once they once they've spent a dollar with you um, and they've given you a chance, then the easiest money to get is the next, you know, hundred, the next thousand, the next the next level of money. So the idea again is that it, there's something that happens once somebody makes that transition from prospect to customer. And we want to we want to get them in as low as possible and then kind of use that relationship shift later on to offer them a bigger offer or uh, again higher frequency so we can again we, we talked about that earlier we can either offer more to that person or we can increase the frequency of purchases so one example of this would be uh, back from the 1990s maybe even back to the 80s I don't know but because um, I was born in 83 so I wasn't shopping in, in the 80s so much but uh, in the in the 90s they had something called Columbia house and I don't know if you remember this but it was like buy, you know, get 10 CDs for $1. And then you would, uh, you put in a dollar. you probably pay shipping and handling. I never did this, but they would send you like 10 CDs and then you'd be automatically enrolled in their subscription service for $10 a month or $20 a month. And then they would send you more music. Um, That was a low ticket offer to get you into the subscription service. So once they get you in the subscription service, then they have you and then you're a continuing customer. ClickFunnels has a great way of using this. They have, um, they have the book, they have their book offer. So they have the book book.com uh, Secrets and they have the book Expert Secrets. And both of those they offer for free, um, but, they, but they have a free offer plus you pay shipping and handling. So it'll say, I'm going to give you this book for free, but you have to pay you know, $6.95 uh, or $7.95 for shipping and handling. And when you do that, then you're going to get the book in the mail. And uh, what's amazing about this is twofold. Uh, number one is that they have an affiliate program for it. So if I want to send my, uh, my leads to go get the book, they can go get the book. I'll make not much because it's a, you know they're paying $7 to acquire the book. I'll make like a dollar off of that. But once they've been put into the ClickFunnels funnel, then um, ClickFunnels does a very good job of following up and offering their next level of service, which is their software. So they'll do a good job of offering QuickFunnels software. They'll offer free trainings, um, plenty of other products. And if you get somebody in um, on the affiliate side, so we talked a little bit about affiliate marketing last week, but if you get someone to buy the book and they end up buying the software later on, you'll still get credit for both sales. And that's kind of a softer lead-in than getting somebody to pay $97 a month to buy QuickFunnels. Instead, why not offer um, the book so have them get the book and then let ClickFunnels do the marketing for you. And then they'll, they'll indoctrinate them into their system and then they'll ultimately offer them uh funnels. And if they do buy and it could be six months from now, you'll still get the credit for the sale. So the next step here, step five is to offer a core product. So what is a core product? Well, it's likely that if you're in business that you probably have a core offer and that is uh, I would define it as your flagship product or products. So one of the traps that a lot of business owners fall into is they offer their core product uh, to cold prospects. So they offer it too soon before they built any kind of relationship equity with those people. And you're really going to see your core offer sales uh, ignite if you throw in the idea of using this uh, lead magnet and tripwire. Um, because you're building up that relationship equity before you're making a super high-end offer. And, and again, we look at things in, in pieces and we look, at, we look at taking steps, right? So sales from your core offer, they may or may not make you profitable. They don't have to. So that's something also that a lot of business owners will miss is they'll think, they'll believe, they'll have this false belief that your core offer has to make you profitable. Uh, it doesn't have to, it might. Um, but if you do this process right, then you could take everything that you make from the core offer and you can basically reinvest it to acquire more customers and you build a system in which you can spend more to acquire customers in your competition, even if you're breaking even. So why would you do that? Well, that's because there's, there's more steps here than just uh, there's not five steps, there's seven steps and there's a step six here. So step six is to offer a profit maximizer. So the profit maximizer is where the profits come in. So surprising fact here. Um, Many of the most successful business owners on the planet don't make profits until they reach the final two stages here, which are the profit maximizers um, and then the return path. And this gets a little bit interesting. So any offer made after the initial sale is considered a profit maximizer. So if you think about it this way, the the single biggest, biggest expense that most companies will incur is the cost of acquiring their customers. And the job of the tripwire, and sometimes even the, the core offer, is to cover those costs. So everything else after is to increase the customer's immediate and lifetime value. So one example of this would be if we, I gave the example of McDonald's earlier. Um, at McDonald's, and I don't even know if they still do this in the current health climate, uh, but then when they used to say, would you like fries with that? So, um, well, I'm sure they, I guess they still do that. They don't say, they don't say supersize it anymore, but I guess they would say like, would you like fries with that? So that's a, you think of it like upselling. So if somebody wants, they order a, a Big Mac or they order a burger and then it's, would you like fries with that? And that's uh, the next level of the upsell. And then of course the, uh, the big upsell for a, a company like that would be, would you like a drink with that? Because there's a lot of profit in, uh, in, you know, in syrup and water, uh, being sold for a high profit margin. So the final step here is step seven. We want to create a return path. And the return path is anything that brings the customer or prospect back more frequently. So this is where we get into things like loyalty programs or content marketing, bringing people back, offering new products or retargeting. So somebody's bought from us, but we want to continue to, we want to continue to market them and continue to bring their offers up. So email marketing might be a big play here too. Um, things, all of these different different ways, because again, the, the main goal, I want to reiterate one more time, is we want to get more customers, and that'll be from our traffic, our lead magnet, our tripwire, that whole, that whole process. Our second goal is to get our current customers to spend more, and that's where we upsell, and that's where we offer profit maximizers. We talked about that. And then we want to increase buyer frequency, and increasing buyer frequency comes into this uh, return path. So we need to be following up with people. So we need to be capturing their information. We need to have some sort of CRM, um, which is a customer relations management tool that is tracking people. And we need to be, again, uh, finding ways of reconnecting. And some of the other ways of doing this is to offer thank yous. So uh, um, there's, there's services out there where you can send uh, gratitude cards, basically, for your clients that are personalized with photos and the the impact of these is profound, and almost shockingly profound. And the idea that if you send a thank you note and perhaps a gift, like a pack of brownies or a coffee mug or something of that like that, it's pretty amazing how impactful that is for people, and how they oftentimes will come back to you just because you did that. So it makes you memorable and it shows that you're willing to, and it, is, it takes a little bit of an investment on your part, but it's an investment in your business and in your, um, in growing your brand. So I think in a future episode, I, I'll probably go in a little bit more details on this idea of relationship marketing and creating, um, fans of your business that want to market for you. So we talked a little bit about last episode about affiliate marketing. This also goes into that because if we can create people that are brand advocates that want to promote because they, uh, they resonate with us, then we can then um, offer them into some sort of affiliate program, but we need to first build that relationship. And again, um, I talk about relationship equity. We need to build that. And the idea of these thank you notes, um, personalized gifts, personalized cards, all of that are very, very powerful stuff. Even sending birthday cards, things like that. You'd be amazed at how powerful that is. So there are tools that where you can automate those processes or, uh, if you don't have a full CRM, you can you can do it from your cell phone. So there's a couple of really cool tools that work with relationship marketing. I'm not going to get into them today. Um, if you want to know, you can email us at realmarketinggeeks at gmail.com, and, uh, and we'll be happy to discuss them with you. But again, we'll probably do a, a full episode on those in the future. So um, just a couple uh, a couple final notes here about what I just talked about and to kind of reiterate. Um, the the three the three ways of uh, building your business. So again, I said get more customers. I'm going to give you some ideas on how you get more customers, and most of them come from like traffic uh, traffic driving. Um, so we talked about like LinkedIn paid ads, Facebook ads, Twitter ads, um, but other things like meetup groups. So meetup.com. We might do an episode on meetup.com at some point. Running webinars or um, or teleseminars, um, putting out a podcast. That's one way of doing it. Creating a YouTube channel, things like that. Uh, Traditional direct mail. So, you know, remember those old like coupon packs, I guess they're not old. I think they're still getting mailed out. I think I get them in my house still. Um, All those different things. The idea of like a loss leader, which is that comes from like supermarkets where they would offer, you know, one product on their ad and they're either breaking even, or they might even be losing a little bit of money to get people in the door. But they know that if they can get people in the door, that, the average customer is going to buy more than just that one product and they're going to make profits in the long run. So that's uh, a strategy that some companies use. Um, the next one was if we want to get our customers to spend more money. So I talked about upsells, but other things that you can do, there's cross-sells, um, there's affiliate offers, there's subscription and continuity offers. Um, if you're working at like, a company like Best Buy, I'm sure you've seen the warranties that they offer, these special, you know, insurance and warranty programs for things that they sell there where they make more money off of that than they do off of the actual merchandise, um, consulting sessions. So if you offer a software, maybe you upsell a consulting session or a training session to teach people how to use it now that you offered it. So a lot of these different things, those are ways of getting people to spend more. And then if we're talking about increasing buyer frequency, then, uh, again, the email marketing programs, um, retargeting ads. So you're following your current customers with ads for your next big offer, uh, text message marketing, um, having a loyalty program, like you buy, you spend this much money, you get this much money back. I know it works for me at a lot of these restaurants, the the restaurants that have loyalty programs. They, uh, it, it works amazingly. It actually, there are plenty of times where I wouldn't have gone out to their restaurant, but because they have a loyalty program, I will go out there to get the points. Sometimes they'll offer double points, or sometimes they'll offer um, a special, some sort of special gift. So it works very very well in my opinion. Um, other things here, the out uh, cold calling. Well, you're I guess you're not really cold calling. This would be warm calling because you're calling your current customers and offering them. That's a, a way of doing it. Or you can reach out to them with a coupon or a gift card. So a lot of this stuff. And again, I talked about customer appreciation um, letters or offers. So if you could send out a thank you card that and it could have a coupon inside for their next purchase, something like that or if you're, you know, how dentists will send out their birthday cards and uh, holiday cards, things like that. So you want to remind people that you exist and you want to incentivize them to come back to you. So I hope this was useful. I'm going to wrap it up with that. We don't have our typical chit chat and banter back and forth, but uh, today was pure content. I hope, it's, uh, I hope it was a little bit of fun. Um, and I uh, look forward to having Andros back here next week. And we'll get back into our traditional Marketing Geeks format. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me here. And uh, with that, we are a wrap. So this has been awesome. Um, I believe Burning Man wraps up next week, I'm thinking. I don't even know when it wraps up. But uh, Andros should be back back in the Netherlands soon. And then we will resume with our regular scheduled content. So it's been a pleasure. It's been awesome. Don't go see the Happy Time Murders. Um, Do go see Mission Impossible. Yeah, yeah, I did see Mission Impossible. That one was good as well. Um, Ant-Man was okay. Stay away from the Happy Time Murders. I mean, it really wasn't very good. So thank you, everybody. Watch Better Call Saul. And most importantly, stay classy.